the Small Queendom Podcast, episode 35. Hey friends, thanks for joining me. If you're new around here, I'm Leah Graham, the host. And here on the podcast, we're all about making lifestyle mix in with personal development so it's fun. The goal is to help you move from surviving to thriving so you can curate a beautiful, beautiful queendom. And I have a big question. Are you an introvert or maybe an extrovert? Or maybe you're neither. Maybe you're an ambivert. Ever heard that before? Well, on today's episode with my friend Tara Wagner, we get into that. But before we get into the interview, I want to be sure to shout out to Seagoer for putting in our review of the week. Thank you so much. She says, bringing joy to my life every week. Leah has the ability to bring high value with every episode she puts out. She gives me the space to do a gut check to make sure I'm going in a direction that keeps me aligned with my purpose. Thanks for doing what you do, girl. Iowa girls love you. Oh, that meant so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And just a reminder, if you're listening in February of 2019, you can still leave me a review over on iTunes. And as a thank you to pay the love forward, I will be donating in your honor to either Love Does or Preemptive Love Coalition, my two favorite organizations. Another quick note is I will be in the Atlanta area in the first week of March. I would love to possibly put together a little podcast meetup. So if you are in that area and want to meet up with me right now, send me an email over at leah at smallqueendom.com. And I'd love to see if we can get something together. How fun would that be? Okay, so let's get to Tara. Tara is my friend and she lives in sunny Florida, and she is a breakthrough coach for self-employed women. And I just have to give a shout out for Tara Wagner's YouTube channel. It is fire. Every week, sister is bringing the goods. I know that so many of you out there have a side hustle, or you work for yourself, or you're an entrepreneur, or you want to be, or really you just want to, you know, make your life work a little better, Tara is putting out incredible content on her YouTube channel. So I hope you will go over there and click subscribe and check out some of her videos because they are top notch. The quality is amazing and the content is even better. So Tara and I jam on a lot of things. We love to talk about mindset. We love to talk about what's holding women back. Um, But we get into that introvert, extrovert, ambivert stuff. And yes, we jam on the Enneagram. Tara is an Enneagram 4. She is the most special Enneagram number out there. And you all know that I'm saying that with 100% love and I'm laughing um, because an Enneagram 4 wants to know that they are special and unique. And so Tara and I kind of joked about that a little bit, but she's an Enneagram 4 and we uh, we just all can learn so much from her. She I like to say waters run deep. She is so insightful, so full of wisdom. So listen to this episode, kind of grab, you definitely want to grab your coffee on this one and let us know on 
Instagram, if you are an introvert, an extrovert, or an ambivert, we've got a little bit of a prompt midway through, and we would love to know your feedback on that. Okay, let's get to Tara. Hi, Tara. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Girl is in the house. Listen, um, we've been friends for a few years now, but my audience doesn't know you. So before we dive into our conversation, I would love for you to just give us a little bit of your story, what makes you tick, and, and how you are here with us. Sure. So I am what's called a belief breakthrough coach. I've been doing this for almost 10 years. And in the past year, I've really shifted to focusing on female entrepreneurs. So what a belief breakthrough coach does is helps you to identify those internal bottlenecks. So like your underlying beliefs, your fears, your unmet needs, and helps you to overcome those things so that you can do the thing that you're wanting to do. So really what I do now is I'm teaching female entrepreneurs, especially ones who are struggling with just juggling everything. Um, how to overcome things like imposter syndrome and overwhelm. Those are the big ones that come up so that they can actually scale their business. Most of them are in that stage where you get to a point in your business where you can only grow as much as your business is growing, or excuse me, your business can only grow as much as you are growing. You become the bottleneck in your business. And so learning to identify the things that are holding you back internally as well as externally, but the focus that I, I really focus on in my coaching is internally. That's what's going to help you to finally explode or get past those hurdles or through that, that ceiling. So, I yeah. think that what you are doing is so valuable. That's incredible. Um, so you. it wasn't until about last year that I kind of had my eyes open to the value of a coach. Maybe it's yeah. been, actually, it's been about a year and a half. Yeah. And, um, I saw a coach uh, for my, my business and it really, it really helped me find those blind spots and it really did help, um, trigger some of those inner things that were holding me back. Yeah. Um, but when you have an entrepreneur or just anyone that's doing something, but for you specifically a woman who's an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, at what point do you recommend like they seek out help of a coach? Um, it depends on where they're at and what they're needing, but I ultimately think that nearly every stage of your life and business, you need a coach of some kind. You don't always need like a mindset belief breakthrough coach. I find that that's really helpful when you have kind of gotten to like, let's say you've overcome a lot of stuff. You've built your business. You're in a really good stride. You're ready to go to the next level. You need a coach because your mindset and your habits that got you to where you are aren't going to be the things that take you to the next level. So it's just like with, you know, pro sports athletes, they're the best at what they do, but they don't ever not have a coach. They're always having somebody there to make sure that they're catching mistakes or bad habits that they're falling into or just helping them to up level. And I think it's the same thing. I don't think that we always actively need to be working with a coach although it can always be helpful. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to have a coach 24 seven in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. But I think even if you're not actively one-on-one -on -one or even like a small group or a mastermind working with a coach, I think that having people that are influencing your mindset and your actions, having mentors, even if they don't know you, 
you know, listening to podcasts or watching videos or reading books, things like that. You always need to have somebody that is encouraging you and helping you go to that next level. Not even just in business, but in our relationships in our life to make sure that our comfort zones don't turn into like, you know, places we don't want to be. I think that is right on, right on. Um, in my, I call it my past life <laughs> before this career. I, yeah. um, I was a classical pianist and I've just spent a lot of time in rehearsal and in, in, you know, doing different musical endeavors. I was even a choir teacher and just like that music world is all about having a mentor or a teacher yes. or a maestro or a conductor or professor. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. great. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, by the way, Leah, that's super cool. <laughs> I know most people don't know that about me. Yeah, I can, I can knock out some Chopin with, you know. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Now you mentioned something else that I would love for you to elaborate on because I bet a lot of people listening um, probably have felt the feeling but have never heard the word. Yeah. Um, imposter or imposter oh. syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people, if they haven't heard the term, as soon as they hear it, they're like, oh yeah, that's what that's called. (laughs) Every day. (laughs) Yes. So it's the feeling that you got to where you are, but you have no idea how you got there. And you're constantly worried that you're going to turn around and somebody's going to find you out. Like they're going to be like, wait a second, you have no idea what you're doing. Get out of here. So it's that, and it, it happens with every single person. And here's the thing that I want every woman to know that no matter the level of success, Michelle Obama in her new book, she's talking about imposter syndrome. You look at these really like incredible female entrepreneurs who are making seven, eight figures. They're talking about imposter syndrome still in what they're doing. They're experts. People love them. They eat up what they do. They help so many people. And yet they still have that feeling inside them of being a fraud and having no idea what they're doing and, you know, somebody's going to find them out and, and kick them out of the club. That's imposter syndrome. Oh my goodness. I have felt that so much in my business. So I'm, I'm glad that, yeah. yeah, I'm glad that you're talking about it. I'm glad that we now can recognize like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think this is that imposter syndrome. This is probably yeah. not true. I probably am capable, you yeah. know, and if I'm dealing with this, I probably should seek out a coach to help me work through these feelings. Yes. And the the number one thing is that it's normal. It's not necessarily that we're going to make the feelings go away all the time. It's just that we're going to make peace with the feelings and recognize them for what they are. It's just Mm. a thought that we happen to be believing. And that's why we feel like crap. You can have the same thought and be like, oh, haha, there's that thought again. And then keep doing what you're doing because you're leaning more on a sense of confidence or feeling good enough and not believing that thought coming into your mind of, I can't do this, I'm a fraud, I'm not good enough. So it's not always that the thought goes away, it's just your relationship to that thought changes. Hmm. It's almost kind of like, you know, when people talk about fear, it's like, it's not that I don't feel afraid, I just do things afraid. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And it's not, again, like it's not that it can't go away, it can, and sometimes our fears can go away too, And sometimes they don't, but we just learn how to deal with them better. Like we can make friends with them and carry them around in our pocket, but they're not leading us by the neck, you know, like they're there, but they don't have the same power over us. Totally. So that imposter syndrome, it kind of makes me think of like a false story, you know, that false story of like, you don't know what you're doing. You're a fraud. You're going to be found out Uh when you are working with, with women and specifically entrepreneurs, like what are some other like false stories or like 
the mindset issues that you're finding that we're telling ourselves. Yeah. I need to make a, like one giant list of these. Cause there's a lot. <laughs> um, I'm not good enough is probably the biggest one. And it's at the core of almost everything is this feeling of I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not loved or I'm not lovable is another really big one. I'm not safe is another really big one. Now these are like the deep core things Yes, so as they're manifesting we might not be thinking I'm not safe or I'm not lovable, but when you really dig into it, like I just find that there's kind of a set of core beliefs that drive all of our other ones. So you can have a lot of conscious beliefs that are a little more like specific, but at the core, it tends to be things like that. I'm not loved. I'm not safe. Um, some other ones that come up are things like money is dirty Mm. Which, I mean, we get told that throughout our entire childhood. Yes. Like, Don't touch that. It's dirty. Well, in our minds, our, our little tiny kid brains are relating that to like, ew, money's bad. Yes. And so we grow up thinking like that's still there, even though consciously we know that's silly because we're an adult now and we're viewing it through a conscious like adult perspective. But that little tiny kid's still in the back of our mind going, wait a second, am I supposed to touch this? Or if we've had stories around... Um, and when I say stories, let me say, if we've had experiences around money where people were judging other people for having money, or they were critical towards people who had money, or they said, you know, oh, that person sold out, or, you know, money changes you, all of those things, those will be things that turn into fears. But oftentimes, although that might be the fear, the underlying belief is still something along the lines of, I won't be loved or I'm not loved. You know, we, we can consciously relate to the idea of, you know, money is going to change me. It's lonely at the top. People are going to judge me, but underneath it, it's just that fear of, can I still meet my needs for love and connection? Mm. Ooh, girl, that was packed chock full of goodies. Mm. <laughs> Throwing it down. Yeah, you are. Okay. Um, I had a couple thoughts. So um, I'll admit I'm an Enneagram three. One of my core fears is that I am not worthy of love. And a lot of Enneagram threes are high achieving. They get stuff done. Um, and so what you might see now, this is not a blanket statement, but what yeah. you might see, I feel like for someone who feels like I am possibly not lovable unless I do X, Y, Z, right. Is it, it could be someone who looks like they have it all together. Right. And, and they're highly successful, highly achieving, but deep down they could feel like if they stopped, they would no longer be lovable. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because it's all about the motivator, right? So like the exterior can look identical or totally different mm -hmm. and it might have nothing to do with like what somebody sees as what someone's doing on the exterior is not always obvious what's happening underneath the surface. Totally. So what's motivating us to take those actions you know, a three and an eight could be taking the same actions. And so they might think that they're the same type, but their why, their motivator behind it is going to be totally different, you know, just based on those underlying beliefs. Do you find that you do use the wisdom of the Enneagram, the motivations and the core fears? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. How, what has been your journey with the Enneagram? And then also tell us what you are. Oh, so I am a, I'm the best type of all. I'm a four. <laughs> you are the most special type. Uh, I'm the most special ever. And if you understand the Enneagram, you'll understand that joke. 
um, with a very strong three wing. So my underlying motivation is there's always this sense of like significance and uniqueness and authenticity. And I don't want to fit into the crowd too much. And yet mm -hmm. at the same time, I am deeply afraid of like not being good enough and having some fatal flaw within me that is going to just, you know, it's what holds me back. Like if I'm really in my unhealthy levels, it's because I'm sitting here thinking I'm ultimately, I'm not good enough, but it's a slightly different flavor than a three might think I'm not good enough. Totally. I'm not special enough. I don't have what it takes. You know, I don't have that one unique thing that's going to help me to stand out. And so it, that's just, you know, as a four, I retreat. Um, I curl up in bed and watch Netflix. <laughs> totally. So as a four, is it kind of like, I'm going to almost get to the finish line, but I'm going to fall right before it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think as a four, for me to cross that finish line, if it's not what I deem as like special enough or, or I'm going to call it good enough, but really it's like when you, when I describe that good enough, it's got to be unique and it's got to stand out in some unique way. Mm -hmm. If I cross that finish line and I don't feel like it hit that mark, then it's confirming my belief that I'm not good enough. So it's easier oh. for me to never cross that finish line oh. so that I never have to confront that fear. Does that make sense? Very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So and I see that with a lot of people. That's not mm -hmm. just a four. No. Like we will avoid doing the thing that is going to be the best because we're afraid that if we don't nail it, it's going to prove whatever fear is going on in the back of our minds. I really, I, I can see that in a lot of, of types. Um, my husband is a five mm -hmm. and you know, that the being competent and having all the information that's very important to type five. And I would also think like a type one, um, yeah. you know, needing to do things the right way. Yeah. That would probably be something. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That you is know. definitely. So my son is more than likely a one he's 19 and he's, somewhat into the Enneagram, but only sometimes. So he might be a one, he might be a five, but his one tendency comes out. So people will talk about ones being the perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And the way that we look at it is that he has a desire to perfect things. Like he sees what could be better and he wants to improve it, which can look like focusing on the negative all the time, especially oh. as his mom. So his his perfectionism, where some people's perfectionism comes out as overachieving, yes. his can actually come out the opposite, where he underachieves because he feels like he can't make it perfect. You know, like if he's looking at the state of the world and he feels like, what's the point? I'm never going to make an impact on all of this. His tendency will be to not even try because it's too mm -hmm. big, it's too much. He won't be able to make it perfect. So he'll hold back from execution because he wants perfection, which is the exact opposite of what most people think perfection is. Most people yes. think that people put in too many hours, too much hard work. The opposite can be true. So they almost think like, what's the use? Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you had someone, um, someone you were coaching and they had that feeling of like, well, what's the use? Mm. How would you help them move Ooh. that needle? Gosh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. Mm, that's yeah. That's a tough because one. I'll tell you, raising a one as a four <laughs> <laughs> has been really hard. Mm, I and bet it's forced you to really get better. 
Um, and you know, what's interesting is, so our, my path of, um, I can't remember the exact word for it, growth or de development. Yes. Like, as I'm a, moving towards me healthier levels, I move towards more towards a one, mm -hmm. but a one when they are like, if they're acting more like a four, that's unhealthy for them. How so funny. I can really make my son really unhealthy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> talking to him about what works for me. Whereas I need to be adopting more of his like consistency, his structures, his routines, you know, rules. Like he's a very rule oriented person. Whereas as a four, that does not come natural to me. That's been something that I've been working on since he's become a teenager. I've noticed that my lack of routines and rules and structure, you know, I'm very free flowing and organic and mm -hmm. discipline for us was like conversation. It was never like rules. It was always like organically in this moment, like what's meeting needs and what's mm -hmm. necessary and how do we talk through this? And as a teenager, like I started to notice that that's not what he needed at all. And I needed to be more like him and he needed to be less like me. Oh, wow. And so yeah. Like, I don't know if I could coach a one. I don't know if I've ever coached a one because that's very interesting. I feel like one's coach me. <laughs> I think one of my favorite books on the Enneagram, I think it's the Enneagram in life and work. The reason that I like it is because every chapter where she talks about a type, she also talks about how that type interacts with other types. Mm. And for me, the Enneagram is all about like understanding each other and understanding ourselves and so that book was really good at laying out how different types influence each other and how we can support one another and, you know, kind of bolster our, our weaknesses with each other's strengths. And like my husband is a nine and I'm a four. So if we walk into the room, my husband is very conscious of everyone else in the room and I'm very conscious of myself. <laughs> and so he reminds, like I remind him to take care of himself and to put himself first, which is a struggle for a nine. Yes. He reminds me that I'm not the only person that matters, which can be a struggle for a four. So it's just, I. That's a beautiful balance. It is a beautiful balance, but I feel like we find that balance in all the different um, matches in the different types. Mm -hmm. And so understanding where we can really help each other to grow, I think is one of the most beautiful things about the Enneagram. Mm, that's lovely. Now, listen, I want to switch gears a little bit because we are in a large Facebook group together. Um, yeah. And there was really an interesting thread that popped up and it was about introverts, extroverts, and then also ambiverts kind of came up. And mm -hmm. so before we kind of dive into that a little bit, would you mind to just kind of break down basic, yeah. you know, the basic differences between those three types? Yes, please. Because I, it's a little bit of a pet peeve, the misconceptions around these types. Yes. So a lot of people will say introverts are more withdrawn. They're yes. shy. They don't like people. You can have a very outgoing introvert. And same with extroverts. You can have a very shy, awkward, uncomfortable extrovert. Mm. The majority of what it is, is really about where you're drawing energy from. So introverts recharge with alone time. They need to like step back and refill their cup on their own. Whereas extroverts, like they'll feel drained by themselves, but they'll feel very energized around people. Mm -hmm. 
And so, and then ambiverts, you'll know you're an ambivert if, if somebody asks you, are you an introvert or an extrovert? And you're like, eh, it depends. That means you're an ambivert, which means you kind of fall in the middle of the scale. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, that's awesome. I think, I, I really do think I am an ambivert because I always used to say I was an introverted extrovert. Yes. I really enjoy being around people. Um, it's almost like 50-50 for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 50% what describes an extrovert and I'm 50% what describes yeah. an introvert. Yeah. Ambiverts tend to need both. They tend to need, mm-hmm. they get recharged by certain groups, by the right groups or healthy groups. Yes. And they can also get recharged by alone time. It just depends on where they are and what they're needing in that moment. Yeah. It really depends for me on who, who are the people yeah. that are around. Um, not to bring in another element, but one of my top five strengths in Clifton Strengths is relator. Mm-hmm. So when I am around people that I feel like I know, not necessarily my best friends or the closest people, but if I feel like I share something really strong and in common, mm-hmm. um, I, I love being around those people. But if I find that I'm around a lot of people that I don't share a deep relationship with, or I've had a difficulty getting to know them on a deeper level, that drains me. Yeah. So this conversation that we were having in the Facebook group, the thing that I had mentioned and that I think is really fascinating, and it's just a theory of mine, but I've noticed it a lot. And I mentioned it in the Facebook group and had a lot of people say, yes, that actually fits me, is this idea that as we focus on personal development and we become healthier and more stable within ourselves, we tend to gravitate more towards ambivert. Like we have more of that flexibility. We find ourselves recharged by the right people. We find ourselves recharged by the right type of alone time or the right time, you know, like when we might need alone time. But we tend to go more towards the introvert, extrovert side based on maybe where we're at emotionally or psychologically, like what we might be going through internally is going to affect what drains and recharges our batteries. And then the, the more healthy, stable we become, the more we kind of center in the middle of that spectrum. That's my theory. I, I, mean, I haven't tested sounds, it fully, but. It sounds so right on for me. Like when I think about different seasons in my life, different mm-hmm. periods of growth or stress, like that, that seems so right on for me. And for a while, I felt like I was not very much on the extroverted side, but yeah. I kind of felt like I was numbing um, maybe things I didn't want to have to deal with by just being very social. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the same for me. I thought I was an introvert for the longest time because going into these social settings would wipe me out. Like, and there'll be still times where I'm in certain social settings and I cannot help but yawn, not because I'm tired, but because energetically I'm taking on so much and I yawn to release energy. Mm. And so it, it wipes me out by the end of it. And as I have done more and more personal development, I found myself more flexible, like moving around that spectrum or what would be called an ambivert, like it depends based on where I'm at, based on how I'm feeling in that moment, based on the needs that I need met. Because ultimately we all have needs for rest. We all have needs for quiet. We all have needs for restoration. We all have needs for community. We all have needs for connection. It's just a matter of kind of, 
I guess, intuiting, is that the right word? Mm -hmm. Figuring out what we're needing in that moment and listening to and honoring our needs. When I was in a really insecure, unhealthy four place, I was very introverted because as a four, I withdraw. So I was pulling back to kind of self-protect myself. And then as I felt more confident and I loved and approved of myself more, and I didn't feel like I needed to prove to anybody else. I didn't feel like I was being judged or if I was, I didn't notice it because I didn't care. Like I felt good. As that happened, I could feel more comfortable in social situations and I didn't feel wiped out because I wasn't sitting here spending so much energy worrying about what other people thought or, and this isn't the case for all introverts. I want to make that clear. This was the case for me as an introvert. I was getting drained in these social situations because there was so much happening underneath the surface to protect myself from what was happening both in my head and outside of me. Mm. I was perceiving all kinds of things and processing and doing all this stuff and it was wearing me out and I was withdrawing to recharge as I started working through those things, those thoughts, those fears and kind of deactivating or diffusing them. I, I didn't have that experience anymore. Now I can be in a situation, even around people that would have drained me, even around people who are not my people and still feel comfortable in that situation and not feel drained by it and not feel like I need to go and have five hours of self care after it Totally, because it's not influencing me the same way because I'm, I'm more connected to who I am and I'm more comfortable in who I am. So it's just, it's a theory of mine and I'm like, I'm really curious like of all of your listeners, I'd be really curious if anybody else has experienced that, like based on their state of mind, their emotional state, where they're at in that moment, their personal development, what they're struggling with, if that influences how drained or energized they get by interactions with other people. Oh, that's great. I would love for anyone who's listening to this now and maybe has some personal insight, take a screenshot of the episode you can tag me at Small Queendom and Tara. Uh, Tara, what is your Instagram handle? Tara Wagner. Perfect. Tag Tara, at Tara Wagner and put it in your stories and let us know what you think. Yeah, I'm really curious. Like, I really want to like flesh this out and like survey people and see, see, especially of those who have undergone massive personal development has your energy source changed? Mm. Like, I'm just, I'm really curious about that because I'm starting to notice it in a lot of people. Okay, girlfriends. So um, just need your reactions. This is your dream world or maybe your future world. Um, give us three options of what would be like a dream dwelling place or a house or some kind of thing you would live in. Rome with a view, the beach with a view, and the mountains with a view. And this is why I don't know where I want to live. <laughs> uh, three options of a superpower. Um, flying and flying and then probably flying. <laughs> I dream of flying all the time and they are my favorite dreams ever. Like I am just, oh, I love it. It's exhilarating. And, if, and, and I always dream that I'm standing on the ground and I just like pump my arms one time and I shoot up in the, into the sky and yes, flying. That's the only superpower I want. Claim to fame. 
At the end of my life, I want people to say that I have transformed more lives for the better than anybody else in the world. Oh, I love that. Yeah, kind of a tall order, but that's there, there it is. I'm going to call it worldwide transformation. Yeah. All right, anything like else? Billions of people. No, that's really it. That's, okay. that's my driving motivator. That's like a fire that. inside me. Three dream collaborations. Oh, Brendan Burchard. Mm-hmm. I'm reading his book. Finally. Oh, I have such a crush on him. Oh gosh. I really am digging Lisa Nichols. Mm. Oh, um, have you read Abundance Now? I haven't. I haven't because my list of books to read is so long that I'm, I'm not getting through any of them. Well, I'm it's reading, worth your time. <laughs> I'm reading Outlander instead, Leah. <laughs> Thanks to you. I'm really, I really have a girl crush on Amy Porterfield, who's an online entrepreneur for other entrepreneurs. Like she's amazing. Mm-hmm. I would love to collaborate with her. She's, she's awesome. She Ooh, Oprah. Can I add Oprah to the list? Absolutely. I want to collaborate with Oprah. And finally, um, a, cha- a charity that you would give a million dollars to. Oh, that's hard. So we have four charities that we give to every single month. So Healing Hands through doTERRA, I love because it goes out to so many different places. Me too. Um, and I love that 100% of it goes out. That's awesome. Um, MS Focus, which is a multiple sclerosis um, organization. They, they're not just an organization that's like fighting for the cure, which a lot of organizations are, and that's amazing. What they do is they go out and like work with people who have MS, they provide wheelchairs or ramps or, you know, whatever they might need to make their lives better. And Mm -hmm. Justin's mom had MS. So like, that's really one that is um, really special to us. Um, Shriners is my fourth one because I was a Shriners girl. You were? I was. And it feels so incredible to be able to like give back because we were dirt poor. And if it wasn't for Shriners, my mom would still be paying off medical bills. So that one's really special. And then the civil liberties defense, um, fund Mm -hmm. that one I love because I can't always go out and like, you know, protest the things that I don't like, but it allows me to support the people who are protesting with legal funds when they get (laughs) arrested for protesting. Not because right. they were doing anything wrong, but just because, you know, they're stirring stuff up that people don't like. So, okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I don't know what to expect here. So Tara, you are going to be living in Rome. Nice. Yes. Take it. <laughs> uh, you will be uh, zooming around there via flying. <laughs> you will have worldwide domination of personal transformation of billions of people. And uh, because of your uh, collaboration with Amy Porterfield was nice. so successful, you're going to give a million dollars to the Civil Liberties Defense Fund. Oh, I love this so much. This is amazing. This is like a perfect visualization exercise. Like, I, I can so see too. myself just sitting down every morning visualizing flying around the room. <laughs> <laughs> Tara, this has been awesome. Can we do a few quick fire questions before we sign up? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, First off, I know you are an essential oil expert. You are my uh, emotional aromatherapy guru. (laughs) What essential oil have you been reaching for lately and why? 
Um, Bergamo for the past seven years. <laughs> it's my favorite too. I think every woman needs to be using Bergamo. Be careful of the sun, mm -hmm. but it's the oil of self-acceptance and it's really, really powerful at the thing that I like is citrus oils are uplifting, but this citrus oil also has a calming effect to it, which is exactly what we need our emotions and our thoughts about ourselves to do. We need to be chill and calm, but like uplifted and happy about it. Totally. And bergamo is just, it's my jam. It's the number one oil that I think every single woman should have. Mm, that's pretty good. Okay. Okay. You heard it here, folks. All right, Tara, just a little question. Uh, best advice you ever received? <laughs> Hmm. Um, marriage is not 50, 50. Yeah. Makes you think, huh? Mm, that's good. It was from my grandma who's now been married for 67 years. No, wait, 60, I don't know. Somewhere in the middle, maybe well, let's just call it 65 years. Wow. But she said, marriage is not 50, 50. You have to be willing to give more than you take. And it's served us very, very well. Let's see what I know you said you're listening or reading a lot of things, but what is something that you're reading right now? Outlander. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway through a book by Tony Robbins called Unshakable. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, haven't finished that one. And I have about four others on my nightstand that I'm falling behind on because Outlander is the first book that I reach for. All right. Do you have a quote or an idea you're really returning to right now? Mm. Um, it's actually okay. It's actually okay. It's actually okay if I don't feel great today. It's actually okay if I don't get that done. It's actually okay if this gets done tomorrow instead of today. It's actually okay to take a break and go for a walk. It is actually okay. Mm. Just... That. Just a reminder, and I think this is my three wing kicking in, but like, just a reminder to like, let go and not try to work so hard and maybe work softer mm. and allow the process to unfold and not feel like I have to control every detail of it. That's mm. been coming up for me a lot lately. It's been a good lesson. And by good, I mean painful yes. <laughs> and something I'd like to avoid. If you could go back in time and speak to your younger self, what would you say to her? Oh, gosh. You know, I've heard this question so many times over the years, and it is a hard one. Um, how hard. long do I have to talk to her? Because I know, right? We got some stuff to talk about. <laughs> um, oh, I would probably have to find some way of telling her that you're enough just as you are, but I don't know that I would have heard it back then. And that's where I get stuck on this question. I don't know how I could have said it in a way that I would have heard it because I was deep in it, deep, deep, deep in it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. But that's what you would tell her. Probably. I would try some way to tell her you're enough just as you are. Because for me, it wasn't just about like, like there were things I was holding back on because I didn't feel I was enough. There were things that I was doing that I shouldn't have done because I didn't think I was enough or that I was overdoing because I was trying to compensate for not being enough. I mean, there were just so many things that that brought into. I would have been much more successful had I realized that I was enough. I would have been successful earlier. Mm. 
and I wouldn't have been so wiped out to get there or I wouldn't have been so um, just terrified of everything. Hmm. But look at where you are now. You have done a I lot know. of work. And that's the thing. If I hadn't gone through all of that, man, the lessons that I learned and the depth of the lessons that I learned and the way that I'm able to support other people going through that now because I get it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I would want to learn that lesson that easily. I mean, I know that sounds terrible. It'd be nice to learn every lesson easily, but there's so much value in, this is my four self speaking. There's so much value in the, the process and the pain and the, you know, there's so many things that we can squeeze from that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it, I don't think it's a should, but I think when it happens, we can appreciate it for what it is. Listen, Tara, this has been absolutely wonderful. Can we just agree that you're going to come back another time? Anytime, girlfriend. I love that. Please let us know how we can find you and anything special that you have going on that we need to tap into. Yes. So the number one place that you can find me is on YouTube. If you search Tara Wagner or go to youtube.com slash Tara Wagner, I am doing weekly coaching videos on different topics geared around female entrepreneurship mindset, even things like productivity, because let's face it, the number one thing that suffers when we are emotionally suffering is our productivity. We're not getting anything done. And um, I would love to have people follow me over there. And then you can also find me on Instagram at Tara Wagner. I will put all of that in the show notes. Thank you, Thank lady. You. Thank you, Tara. Isn't she fabulous? Be sure to check out all of her links in the show notes. I'll leave them there. If you're in the Atlanta area, send me an email if you want to meet up in March. And other than that, we will sign out, my friend. Stay strong. Be kind. Bye-bye.